Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. Making positive choices when cooking and eating is something most of us strive for. So I'm delighted to say that for the month of December, I've teamed up with an Irish family-run company whose ethos is exactly that. I've been a big fan of Dr. Coy's health foods for years now. I use their stevia in my morning coffee every day and their delicious chocolate is also full of nutritional benefits and gives you energy without the sugar crash. And to celebrate our partnership, they're offering 25% off their entire range of nutritional products. Simply go to their website, drkoys.ie, and use the code SHEILA25. This week, I chat to TV presenter and podcaster, Hector O'Hochagon. I'm happiest when I can see happiness around me, whether it's a nice dinner, or the fire's on, or Man United are winning 3-1 at the Champions League, mm-hmm. or I'm sitting there, standing outside the back in the lashing rain, talking to me mate. I, 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 you have to see happiness. Uh, and let it come into you then. Because if you block it off, then you take the wrong turning and then that you go down a dark lane. You have to go back out the dark lane and go down a lane where the sunlight is coming in over the hedges. Navin born and bred, Hector has been living in Galway for the past 26 years. He's married to Dimpla and they've two teenage sons, Rian and Shane. He's been creating and presenting TV and radio shows for over 20 years and he's filmed in over 60 countries worldwide so far with many more on the horizon. In this conversation, he talks about fatherhood, the pride he feels working for TG Cahad, why manners, laughter and passion are important in life. And for the week that's in it, we also talk about Christmas traditions. It's an uplifting chat that serves up a generous dose of nostalgia and gives much needed perspective at times as well. And I started by telling him how much I love his hugely successful podcast with his pals, Tommy Tiernan and Loretta Blewett. Uh, thanks for the, 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 the praise, Sheila. Um, I never thought I'd do a, a podcast like this in the first place. And it's something that evolved through lockdown and 
through the shit situation that the country and people have been thrown into since since March. I mean, yeah. Uh, my situation, I came back from Africa on the 10th of March. I was swimming in the African Ocean, uh, in the Indian Ocean in 33 degrees on, 9th, on the 9th of March this year, mm. filming a, a, a journey through Africa. And we came back and the shit hit the fan and we didn't know where we were. The country didn't know where it was coming or going. We wanted to, we just didn't know. We were like, we were, we were in limbo, as they say. So with Seth and Tommy got together and had a coffee on a street in, in April, uh, one of the only coffee shops that was open, and I'd say in the middle of April, towards the end of April, down on Merchants Road in Galway. We sat outside on two seats and watched. Uh, uh, it was like, it was there was nobody on the streets. There was just seagulls and crows and no cars. And it was, the, Galway was deserted. And we were thinking of what are we going to do? Because what are we going to do? Can we do something? What can we do? And mm. then we thought of a radio show. And we did approach a couple of radio stations. Yeah. Um but but we don't want to move out of Galway. We're very passionate about living in the west of Ireland. And I had travelled for years to Dublin to do radio. And I was tired of that. And he always likes to stay. He's a homebird as well. So in the, after the radio stations were saying you have to do it in Dublin and you can't do it on your own terms. And we, we, were, we were all set for something. And then we said, no, you know what? Why don't we give a podcast a go? And we got on this amazing site not Amazon, but Coleman, <laughs> which any podcasters or any technical audiovisual heads, especially audio heads, would know. And, and we just bought a load of equipment. Tommy had a shed down the back where he always went to. It is really a hen shed, and it's way down the back of the garden. And he, it's full of his books and cigars and a couple of bottles of whiskey and some nice seats. And <laughs> there's a few Buddhas, and there's a nice vibe down there. And he goes down there every day, and he always goes down there uh, when he when he's at home and 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 we just we've transformed into a little sanctuary and we 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 put in the mics and then Tommy came up with the idea of having Larita get Larita on board because we needed another voice and uh, Larita who we met on iRadio way back in the day was just this wild brilliant earthy knockmore GAA male woman who yeah, had, she's class she had she had balls and she had like most Mayo people and we can talk about this most of my best friends. My solid friends are from Mayo. They have a great grasp of, of everything. And I just, I, I, I have a real fondness for Mayo people. And she's one of them. And she just fitted in perfectly. And it's been out now, I'd say, well, what are we now? We're in, we're, we're in Christmas. So it's been out for four months and we're over the moon with the reaction because it was something new and, and, and the reaction has been great. And, that, and, if, and, and that's my acid test everywhere, whether I'm in Super Value or where I'm on the street, or I'm on the sideline of a football pitch, and somebody says something to me about my work, going, I enjoyed that show, or I enjoyed that podcast, that makes me really happy, and and, and people are doing that, and we're, we're over the moon with it. Yeah, because it must be really satisfying. I think for anyone who's had um, his experience, kind of ups and downs, and sure, regardless of what you do for a living, most people will have had that, but particularly in fields where you're jumping from gig to gig and sometimes they're going well and sometimes they're not and sometimes they're going well and you think they're going brilliant and the next thing the rug is pulled out from underneath you. But to be in a position again where you're doing something that is just coming really naturally to the three of you because you're obviously gifted storytellers in your own right and you can tell that, you know, the, the banter, the chemistry that exists, you can't fake it. It's just there. Um, but to be doing so well and to be getting such brilliant feedback must be a nice feeling. Yeah. After years of ups and downs, do you know what I'm getting at? Because you know I've been that soldier too. 
Yeah, but that's a freelance world, and I, I've always been a freelance world. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm a one-man operation, and, say, and it's the same for Tommy. I mean, I, you know, I'm only as good as my last show, and I'm only as good as whatever I decide to do. But I've been fairly selective in what I, I've decided to do in the twenty-something years that I've been on telly and radio, and, and now doing a podcast. I've been very selective. I, it's a small country, and and I've always maintained that I can't do everything, and I can't do every show that I'm offered, or I can't do every radio slot or I can't do every uh, I would never go I have never gone on a reality TV show and I I, I I don't I wanted to keep my own creative juices or my own creative energy for stuff that I'm really interested in and mm. and, and this podcast this podcast no more than my shows my TG Car shows or any TV shows I've done this podcast is something that's really it's just there's a wildness to it, but there's also a structure to it. But there, but uh, it's it's us in control of it. It's us making it with really talented people. And to be sitting with Tommy Tiernan in a, in the shed in the bottom of his garden, Andy Rita. But Tommy, like to be sitting with Tommy Tiernan, who I know since he was 12 years of age, since he walked in that school in St Pat's in first year from the other side of the town, and the two of us hit it off together. Yeah. I mean. It's amazing to think that the journey we've gone on with with careers and family and everything, and now I'm sitting in this garden shed, and Hmm. we are crying with laughter. But you can tell. I mean, mean, somebody said on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, Hector, this laughter has to be shared. What a lovely thing to say. Thanks for sharing the laughter. And and that doesn't cost anything. That laughter is free. We've just got to get it out of people's bodies. And... For somebody to say thank you for you have to share this laughter and thanks for sharing it, that to me is the greatest is one of the greatest gifts we're getting. The reaction of people, whether they're in Wexford or they're in uh, Mullet or they're in Bangkok or they're in Singapore or you know we're getting a huge reaction abroad as well from Irish people who are missing home during the shit lockdown and COVID and who are getting a real slice of us, slice of Ireland, a slice of the, of, of, of what's going on and, and we're putting smiles in people's faces um, and for people to say that uh, openly on social media is brilliant about it because you can't you can't you don't know how it's going to go down you don't know how people are going to react and uh I don't know. It's just gone into people's DNA. No, but it has. Like, I live in Dublin, but I'm a Connemara woman. So for me, when I'm listening to you talk, I suppose it feels like a warm hug. And even when you were talking about, like, heading back to Connemara with the boys, I mean, you know, I know the people you're talking about. But it's yes. it's it's just, it's lovely. And I, I can totally get the fact that you're connecting with people worldwide. Um, because there's nothing like that. You know, the Irish sense of humour. And when you're, like, when you're on it, like, I, I remember I was, I, was had, I was doing a food shop and I had the headphones on and I was listening to you. And I completely lost the run of myself. I forgot I was in the middle of, I won't say the name of the place. <laughs> and I start roaring at the top of my lungs, <laughs> laughing so hard. I know. I know. And that's know. a great feeling where you lose yourself yeah. in, 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 yeah. in, in your stories. And I'm just pissing myself listening to you. It's brilliant. Yeah. I, I love the people the way they say I'm, I'm shitting myself laughing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and people might sit for, or I'm in absolute, I'm, I'm, I'm bent over in stitches here or I nearly wet myself laughing. These are great turns of phrases that <laughs> Irish people have on Facebook <laughs> and on Twitter. And yeah. I know that when they write that, they're still giggling themselves. Yeah. They're still giddy because giddy, to be giddy, to be giddy in its, in its brilliant essence, was a school thing when you were with your best friends on a bus going to school or you're going to the local disco or you're with your best friends on the bus going playing football or you're down the back of the class with your best friends and make you laugh and you're giddy as you get older 
I think the level of giddiness in people declines because we don't want to bring it out anymore. But we should all remain giddy and yeah. be giddy. Be giddy because it's a Friday afternoon and the fire is on and the kids are healthy and you're happy and you have a lovely dinner with a bottle of wine. Get a giddy feeling. Be giddy that you're standing on the sideline watching your children play sport. Be giddy that you're sitting into a nice car. Be Get that giddiness. Get, get that feeling of happiness because I don't think we look for that enough in, in the world we live in now because... Yeah. We're, we're twisted towards screens and we're twisted towards the mobile and we're twisted downwards. We're not looking around to get giddy. We're looking for that fucking mobile phone to, to, to show us all the wrong shit. We can talk about that, Sheila. Yeah, yeah. I think we're at a junction of technology, but giddiness is something the podcast is doing. I mean, for that, for the, for this, the story in particular, when I said that I brought the, chill, the lads camping, mm. I mean, when you tell a 15 and a 16-year-old boy boys that they're going camping, uh, on a on a Friday and the weather's really good in the middle of the summer, they'll look at you as if you got two heads. Mm-hmm. They're like, "What? What are you on about? We're in here, we're playing FIFA, and we don't give a shit. We're not going camping." I says, "We are going camping." He says, "What?" I says, "Get into the car. We're getting Jack and Adam and Clive, the other dad, their best friends as well. So the six of us headed off, and and you know we drove so far out of Galway, we drove so far past all the crowds. Spittle was packed." Furbo was packed. Yeah. Salt Hill was wedged. It was roasting. The boys couldn't understand why we didn't park at Salt Hill. I said, we're not going. We're going way out, boys. We are going next stop America. <laughs> Two hours later, I got to this beautiful, idyllic paradise. And, you know, little did I ever think that I discussed it on a podcast with the boys and I bring the punching into Tommy and, yeah. and I, I recorded I recorded a bit of the song, the sing, singing at a turf fire on a rock, looking out on the ocean at 2 o'clock in the morning. But... So many people wanted to see photographs. Had I any photographs of that? Mm. And I put up a, 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 a gallery of photos on Instagram and Twitter, and they were just they just looked great. But the reaction of people during Ireland in pandemic and COVID and lockdown it brought a pride. People were saying, "Oh my God." I knew Connemara was this beautiful, but I've never been to Little Mullan. Oh my God, how beautiful is this? Because we're very quick to put up these photographs of Sri Lanka. And uh, 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 Hawaii and Madagascar and the Seychelles. We love all that shite, Mm. but we're not quick enough to put up the beauty of our own country and say to ourselves, this is unbelievable what we have here. So, I mean, I was very proud of the knock-on effect of that story into the podcast and then showing photos of Connemara, a place where you were born, a place that you know way better than I do. But I'm so proud that I have access to it that I know the people out there that I can speak the language of the of the of those great ancient spiritual people yeah, of yeah. Connemara and show off an amazing part of the world. I know, and fair play to you. It was gorgeous. I, I I was I was just I get homesick a lot actually these days because obviously I'm 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 not in a position to be travelling travelling west. None of us are. We we have to do do what we're told yeah. at the moment, you know. But um but yeah, listening to that, I was. Uh, I, I was I was feeling just fierce homesick and, and it was really funny too, obviously. And that's the thing, you're right. We should be celebrating what is brilliant about us. And I think, um, you know, that that is the thing that you're doing. I wanted to talk to you about boundaries because it sounds like, I suppose you're at a stage in life now where I think you're about 10 years older than me. I'm 41. Are you, are you 51? I just got, I'm 51. Yeah. Are you good now at setting boundaries? As in, I'm, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do that. And yes, I'm into that, but I'm not, you know what I mean? You strike me as somebody who's a very clear idea of of what you're about now. Yeah, the mad thing is with me is that 
when we think about the one TV show that I've done for 22 years or 21 years now is, yeah. is Travelling the World, speaking Irish. And uh, and it's and I, I think the shows are getting better. The hour-long documentaries we're making now, these epic journeys, whether it's through Siberia in the middle of winter or through the States last year for three months through the southern states, uh, you know, or even this year where we had to cut Africa short. Roscoe and Evan and the two lads I'm working with, we're making... We're, we're more mature in what we're doing. So boundaries, I think, I'm not the same lad that was hopping around Bangkok dressed up as a lady boy in the Mambo Club yeah. in, 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 two, in 2001 or 2002. I'm not the same lad that walked into the Playboy Mansion or stripped at the Chippendales. Would I do that stuff again? I'd love to do that stuff again. But <laughs> I, I think there was a... There was a the, uh, in those half hours, it was quite frenetic over the years that it, we, were, we, were, we, we had a half an hour. It was all high octane a bit mad, irreverent, here's Hector, and I still have the same Hector, but I'm enjoying now that there's more time to breed, that the montages are getting cooler and longer with cool music, and my interviews can go on for seven, eight, nine minutes, whether I'm sitting here with a tribe in Africa or I'm sitting with a, a, a Russian Orthodox priest in a town in Siberia. I want to go down deeper into conversations, uh, and I'm really enjoying that I, I can do that and I suppose the podcast as well has yeah. given us, even though we're having a lot of crack on our podcast, you know, we hit on some really, sometimes we go down schools, sometimes we go down, we, we had a podcast where half the podcast was dedicated to mothers. I just brought up the subject of mothers and that went down a road that got a great reaction. And mm. uh, I think I'm enjoying having those types of conversations, whether it's on the telly or on the, on the podcast. But boundaries, I mean, uh, I've always known what I want to do. And and as long as I'm keeping creative and the shows excite me and that I say, yeah, I can't wait for this. I mean, if you if you if you if you limit, if you if you take everything, if you do everything, you will become bored and you will become. I mean, you can't go into the kitchen and eat everything. You can go in and have a lovely slice of cheesecake mm. and put it back in the fridge and keep that cheesecake for two days later and then go in and have another little slice. Do you know what I mean? So, well, I not everybody can do that. Analogy. I don't know. If no, I can. That, you know. You know, you can get a lovely little bit of Turkish delight and I put my chocolate right up at the top of the right-hand corner of the fridge where nobody can touch it. Okay, so well. I, just like, I just like breaking off two little, two, two little bits, then keeping it. I mean, if I said yes to everything, I'd be on the telly. And it's no offence. I, I just don't want to be on the telly all the time. I, I, want to, I, I want to keep coming back refreshed with something that's, that's 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 good, and I I think that the audience who like me and who like what I do uh, say he's back, and we can't wait to see what he's doing next. Mm. We all evolve, we all change, we all like. I'm not the same person I was when I met you first, say, and I'm sure you're the same. I mean, back in the day, I think you were. There was this perception that Hector is just hyper. He's mentally he's off the he's off the wall, you know. But that was suppose was part of the persona. Um, in terms of the TV work you were doing, but it does seem like you've you've mellowed and deepened. You're still mad crack, and you can still have a great laugh. But you like having yes. you like having those very kind of deep connected conversations. You probably always did, but maybe the Hector yeah, that we I, saw on telly was more the the hyper version of you. Yeah, but like uh, you know, everybody has friends. I, I don't know, like if you're in, if you're walking in, if you're stripping with the Chippendales, or you're you're on, or you're 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 it doesn't matter what what the, the topics we were doing on on the show in my early beginning of the shows. I mean, 
whether I was I, I was pas- I'm just passionate about the type of show I wanted to make back then as well because you can't be this cool TV presenter saying here we are I'm in Beverly Hills today and I'm outside the Playboy Mansion I've got a, I'm going to meet Hugh Hefner so let's go and have a meet let's go yeah I did never wanted to be the television presenter that I'm seeing that are there's so many TV presenters on the television that are absolute just they want to be a television presenter they're not themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. they're robots. They're fucking robots. They're robots and they can read an autocue and they just have zero. They're not giving you the real. There's a there's a hidden agenda. There's a hidden sort of facade behind them. I would I, I, I always try to say that I mean, I try and be real on the camera, and that's why people will maybe stick with the, the travel show. They'll believe what I'm saying if the place is shit yeah. or this is I mean, you have to be real to yourself on the camera. And I suppose like yeah, it's just, I think the word passion, like if I, Only Fools by Horses, that show I did when I bought a cheap racehorse, I was mm. passionate about horse racing. And, you know, that's, we sold that show to 20 countries around the world and it was a big hit in Ireland and uh, it was my first sort of big break. But then hanging with Hector, that was another one I wanted to be passionate about. So the, I, I know back in the day we were running around the place frenetically on a half hour TV. And, and the word you use is probably right, it was hyper, it was hyper television. I mean, it's much nicer making an hour long now, but... Yes, I'm mellowed. Do I shout as much to the children? I probably shouted to the kids when they were babies and te- and toddlers more than I do now. Now I'm trying to reason with 15 and 16-year-olds about, listen, man, I know that it's really cool, cold outside because I've gone outside this morning mm. and you haven't gone outside. So what I really need you to do is to put on that jacket that you ordered on that website <laughs> and paid 220 quid for because that jacket will keep you warm when you go out, even though you think it's not cold, it is cold. So they're the type of conversations I'm having with my kids now. I mean, I can do everything as a dad. I, I think I'm a, I'm a decent dad from the get-go. And I've always been a home, stay-at-home dad when I'm not working, from the get-go. Yeah. But can I get my teenage boys to put a jacket on in the middle of winter when it's freezing, howling wind, <laughs> and there's the, the sideways rain coming in to Galway in the middle of November, December? Can I get my young lads to do that? I can get them to study. I can get them to do a bit of homework. I can get them to clean their rooms. I can get them to empty the dishwasher. I can get them to go out and get the blocks. I can get them to come out and help me paint. I can get them to do loads of things, but I can't get my sons to wear a jacket in the middle of winter. <laughs> Rian is 16 now, yeah? Yeah, Rian is 16. He'll be 17 in July. Because I, Incredible. I, yeah, I remember um, 16 years ago when myself, yourself <laughs> and Graw were the first ever guests on Ryan on Torberty's Torberty Tonight, yeah. And yeah. Rian was only baby. He was only a few months yes. old. I remember you like talking about the excitement of becoming a dad for the first time and it's funny the things that come back to you I suppose when I was thinking about chatting to you today I was like God, yeah, yeah kind of memories of meeting you down through the years and different things and, and I just remember like we were going on this telly show but that was the least of your like you were just you were just talking about the fact that you'd become a dad for the first time and the excitement you felt and the joy and yes. how knackered you were but how happy you were it was lovely um, and that's yeah. my memory one of my major memories from that night <laughs> was wow. was listening to you talk about Rian, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, to become a dad for the first time is just, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's uh, it's an, it's it's one of the gifts the gifts that this this world can give you, and to mm-hmm. see the uh, quick um, 
the quick growth and the quick development of of of, of your children is just it's just what you blink one minute you're cutting the cord next minute you're trying to i mean i couldn't even put the car seat in in, in the back of the car at the hospital i mean yeah. excuse me i was trying i was dipping was coming out of hospital reem reem was a couple of days old I didn't even know how to put the car seat into the back of the car. Where does the seatbelt go? What is that? Is that is it incorrect? We finally got him into the car, snuggled up, and then we were coming home and then trying to get him home. Get, okay, so we're going to go six days later. We're going to leave the house for our first walk. We're going to bring the child out of the house. I couldn't even get the pram, click that button, do that button, kick. I remember we drove to the Dole Race Course. We drove to Ballybrit. Uh, for Reen's first, uh, for our first family walk, he was a week old, ten, two, 10 days old, mm. whatever. I couldn't even, I couldn't even operate the, this this brand new mamas and papas thing <laughs> out of the boot. It was like a space machine. I was clicking wrong buttons. I was kicking this, and then we just put it in the boot and went back to the house and closed the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> we hadn't a clue. Yeah. Nobody has a clue. Nobody has a clue. Tell me, you know, nobody has a clue. No matter what book you read, and I've said this before a few times, that no matter what book you read and that what to expect when you're expecting and what to expect in the first year, that multi-million pound bestseller, it really doesn't really tell you exactly what to expect in the first year because what to expect in the first year is like a sledgehammer. I mean, who knew, who, 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 who knew that we needed no sleep to survive? Who knew that the body can function because you're sitting at five o'clock in the morning on the end of the bed and they're teething and you're trying to keep them? I mean, until I discovered Paralink, I'm just naming a lot of brands here. Are, are we going to get sponsored by all of these in our podcast? <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh. I, I get, I, 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 uh, Paralink suppositories. Until, yeah. <laughs> until, I re, until, until I realized that you could give a little bit of paracetamol uh, up the bum of your child. <laughs> I mean, that was, a, that was like discovering that you could go to the, to the moon. Fucking hell. I couldn't believe it. Uh, like uh, you know, you can be there giving them tea deck, and you can be there giving them this and Calpol, Calpol City. I mean, seventy-five thousand gallons of Calpol are consumed in Ireland every year. But nobody tells you about the the brilliant suppository of the bomb until my doctor, my doctor. And you should always check with your doctor if you want to put a suppository up anybody's bum. Please check with your doctor before anybody places a suppository in anywhere near the rectal area. Uh, uh, I didn't say you could do it, but you have to check with your doctor. Uh. But if your child is teething, that it is an amazing thing. <laughs> but that was one of my great. We- that was one of our great weapons, especially in a hotel. If you went away for the weekend, the child has a temperature and it's three in the morning. Daddy's after having nine pints of Guinness, and the child is teething. <laughs> so come here. Um... Thinking about that, and obviously moving on. Now he's sixteen, so he's like, now, now he's, is he towering over you? Give, yeah, now he'll give me a boot in a hole and say, "Girl, you cop on, <laughs> Dad, cop on." He's he, yeah. Shane is fifteen uh, since the end of November, and uh, he's a moustache now that you'd be very proud of. Uh, he, the both of them have just. Uh, it, there's there's a there's a real there's a real phase where the boys hit puberty. And when they hit it, they hit it like a, a, a steam train. They hit it like a, they hit it like a, a, it's just boom. After six class, Reen hit it and he just shot up. Shane was a little bit slower. Uh, and, you know, puberty now, they're well into it now. So it's the hormones, it's the tunes, it's FIFA, it's the clothes, it's it's everything. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're good. They play a lot of sport. I'm very proud of them. And I'm just trying to make them, I'm just trying to give them manners. I, I always... I'm just trying to make them good kids and manners. I, if they've got good manners, they'll go far in life. Yeah. 
So this episode will be going out on Christmas Day. And I know you're a very proud Navin man, but you're obviously very, very proudly living Galway now for many years as well. And I want to kind of talk to you about memories of Christmases gone by, because mm. obviously it's a different Christmas this year for all of us. Um, and in a way, at this stage, while we're talking, we don't really know what that's going to look like, what Christmas Day in itself is going to look like. But this is when the episode is going out. Um, mm. What are your fondest memories of Christmas? Is it a time of year you like? Because some people love it. Other people prefer to just hide away and hibernate until it's all over. I, I, I really like staying at home for Christmas. I hate going anywhere. Yeah. I hate visiting. I hate not. It's a bit, I, I like getting the fire on. Fire to me is... The fire to me has been a central part, even in our own house back in Navin. I mean, my dad, Lord Wrestle, taught me how to light the fire at seven or eight, nine years of age and, you know, let that little bit of a draft in underneath the block and, you know, don't suffocate the fire. And now I, I can see it in, in Shane, especially my younger boy. He's a fire starter. He's an, unbelie- <laughs> he's an unbelievable firelighter. He will light fires even without the fire log or we don't buy fire lighters. I, ta- I showed him how to, to, to wrap up to... to roll up the newspaper, tie it in a knot Old and school. it'll last longer. Yeah. Old school, but but I love to see that because I know that when he's down there lighting the fire, I did that. I, I, I That's the way I learned. And I've always, even when we're camping, you know, or anywhere, I, and I, in my dreams, I'm always lighting fires, keeping people warm. Isn't that mad? Yeah. Fire has been an important part of my household. Uh, growing up in Navin in the middle of 70s and 80s like if you didn't have a fire on in the winter it's just like hypothermia like these Irish bungalows there was no underfloor heating Sheila Tosatane you know we've gotten very there was no no such thing as passive 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 heating and air 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 to supply things and cold to hot and all this so the houses were different the fire had to be on or the rain for me yeah you'd be absolutely you know, especially if you went into the good room. I mean, yeah. Irish radiators back in the 70s, they never really gave off much heat, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were all, you were like standing in front of the fire, which are arsed in fire, <laughs> was always what your auntie or your uncle did when they came into the house over Christmas. A big just, and, and no wonder there was copious amounts of whiskey being drunk. But yeah. I suppose the fire for me was be, would be central to Christmas and being at home, at home, chilling out. Yeah, and I, I would be a big fan of the big day, as in getting that food right. I mean, getting the spuds right, getting the gravy right, getting the veg right, getting a nice bottle of red wine, and then we're very. I'm very passionate now. In the last thirteen years, I've gone on a, an adventure uh, with Clive and Jack and Adam, who are camping with us on the podcast. That family, those kids, we always go on a thing called a turkey run. All right. And we go to the friendly farmer in Monave, yeah. Ronan, who, who started off with about 20 turkeys, selling them organically. He's a brilliant guy in the market in Galway called the friendly farmer. And he rears these beautiful organic uh, turkeys on his farm. And I think he's got a couple of thousand now at this stage. And now he's a little coffee thing out the front and you can have mulled wine when you oh, go class. over. And over the years, we've seen how he's developed. So every, every Christmas, the, we all go. We, went, we get a little van, a lad in the area, and he brings us on the turkey run. And we bring the kids. Now, the kids used to be small. They thought it was great fun going in, going in a little minibus to get the turkeys. We would go in a minibus because we would stop at certain pubs on the way back. Yeah. And we would go into the pub to have a pint in that pub, and that pub, in this pub, and that pub, in these country pubs in the middle of nowhere yeah. that only open in the evening time. So every year we're doing the turkey run. And uh, we did it again this year just to keep tradition going because it is a strange Christmas, but 
people, I think, are going to try and make the best of it. I think we're going to appreciate a lot more of the simplicity of the dinner and, and getting the fire on and just being happy that we're there and we're healthy. Brilliant. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, that's that's it. Like, I mean, we, I think we've got the biggest reminder of it this year than, than most of us have ever had in our entire lives. I think when you go through big stuff and you have a big shake up in life and, and you know, that can come in the form of grief or illness or whatever, yes. you get to appreciate what's important. And I think all of us across the board, this has been this universal wake up call that we've all got this year to focus in on what's important and let go of the rest of the mm. stuff that doesn't really matter at all. I mean, I don't think it, with the amount of people working from home over the last nine months or so, I think it's a good thing. People yeah. are saying it's a bull. People, some people, yes, major, the majority of people are, are coping well at home and have coped unbelievably being at home so much. Some people don't can't cope at home because they're not used to being around the kids all the time and they're used to being going at seven in the morning and out and about and, 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 and engaging with people in work. For a lot of people, it's been it's been a chance to slow down. And I love the idea, and I said this way back in March uh, and April, that I love the idea that nobody will sneer anymore at somebody who says they're working from home. Nobody will say, I'll pull the other one. Where's Daniel see Jacinta today? Or then you'll see Pat, oh, he's working from home. I pull the other one. We always have that snide little sneer, little sort of, uh, they're, 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 they're skiving off. So I think that now companies and people we can realise you can get the work done from home. Yes, it's a totally different dynamic. We've got a lot better at that. Uh, and I think that, 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 that people who are leaving the house at a quarter to seven, dropping the kids to the baby minder, taking a two-hour commute into the city, walking for the man, having a quick lunch for half an hour, getting back to your desk, walking till half five, getting into the car, paying the car park, getting out in the shitty traffic, getting home at seven o'clock, pick up the child from the baby minder, get the dinner on, fill the dishwasher, watch a little bit of television and go, fuck, I better go to bed. I think that 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 life, yeah. that's not a life for you know, and and I'm not saying it's very hard for people to get off that. That that was a life for a lot of people in this country, which is not fair. It shouldn't be like that. But we have slowed down and we have appreciated Mother Nature being good. And it was really good back in April and May when we think about the weather. Mm. We were gifted something that the politicians weren't in charge of. We were gifted something that nobody was in charge of except Mother Nature. Yeah. And and it, it blessed us for seven or eight or nine or ten weeks. We had the most unbelievable weather the country has ever seen in the middle of something we've never seen before. So somebody somewhere was looking out for us here. Yeah. Somebody somewhere, a higher power, spiritually was looking out for us. Mother Nature said, I'm going to give you a gift now. Ireland, you, you really deserve this because you, you're in a strange place at the moment. Imagine if the weather had been shit for the first lockdown. I mean, it was hard during November. The weather was long and the, and the numbers were going up and stuff like that. But imagine if it was back then and the first lockdown. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We got we got out of jail because Mother Nature was so good to us. So, um, but I just think the whole year, the vaccine is coming. I'm, I'll be first to show my shoulder to the vaccine. I don't care. I, I need the vaccine to, to be able to do our work. I mean, it was the first time in twenty years that we had to stop a, a stop a series abroad and, and not be able to film it. Yeah. So. There's a lot of people in the same, but then you have the people, Sheila, saying, I'm not getting the vaccine. I won't trust any of that. But yes, what about the side effects? I mean, the side effects are 15 pints of Guinness. And the thing is, my I don't have grandparents. My grandparents aren't alive. But if I had elderly grandparents and it was a chance to keep them, to keep them safe from, from this, of course they'd take it. So yeah. the people who are saying, I wouldn't take a vaccine, you know, you've got to think of the, 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 the people who need it first, the, the most vulnerable, the elderly. It's wiped out so many of our, our older population and thousands of people in Ireland and, and hundreds of thousands of people or thousands all over the world. So, like, we have to just say, in years to come, I think the kids of our country will be the same when they get their three-in-one jab and they get their this. I mean, I get jabs for diphtheria, hepatitis, rabies, and yellow fever. If you go to Brazil, you have to get yellow fever. It'll be just like in years to come, the COVID vaccine will be just another vaccine. And and I hope that we've, we will learn from 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 where the world went to in 2020. I mean, it is mad when you think of the the mad year the world has had, and then you have all the political stuff in the middle of it with Trump and, and Boris and Brexit. And it's just it's just been it's like you couldn't write the script for this globally. Yeah. You couldn't write the script on Hollywood movies, and they've tried over the years. But I mean, 2020, it's just been it's uh, it's just been a, 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 a mad mad year. Completely. And when you say that, like I'm thinking of my own granny. So my dad's mom is uh, is thankfully hale and hearty and Tashi Nakuni Rasmok. So she's 101. She was 101 in wow. October, you know, an amazing, amazing woman. And we're we're so we're so lucky and we know it's a rare thing. You know, we're all fortunate, but obviously I haven't seen her since her birthday last year. And uh, and I look at who knows when you're going. So when it, when you talk about the importance of the vaccine, as you said, we just have to get a bit. It's not just about you and how it affects you as an individual, but it's the knock on effect, the domino effect. And most people, whether they're not in our immediate circle, we will know people who will be in, will be vulnerable in one way or another. So just how to, I suppose it's human decency, really, isn't it? Just do the yeah, right thing. Yeah, and it depends on, on, on people's lifestyle. 
do you need to, to, to travel five or 10 or 20 kilometres? Are you, are you working in a little radius, a bubble in, say, Westport that you're working or are you working? Do you, are you travelling to London? Are you travelling abroad? Are you travelling to China? Do you go to New York regularly? Do you have to go to Manchester? Do you have to go up the north? Are you dealing with people all the time? So everyone's, everyone's dynamic is different. There will be people who will still say no to a vaccine because they say, I don't need it. And they will, you will have the conspiracy theorists who say, this is all a thing, a major plan to make billions and trillions for these rich uh, organisations and people in pharmaceutical companies. You'll have all those people out there. But then you'll have people, I, if, I need, if I have to travel on a plane, I'll need, I'll need to have that vaccine the same as I had yellow fever or the same as I had my typhoid or diphtheria or cholera or any of that stuff. So it'll yeah. just be, I, I, for, for people who travel, and people who, there's an awful lot of Irish people who are regularly in airports and who regularly have to travel because, uh, because of work. Um, and all the people that are, that are in the industry where they are constantly meeting people or at a venue or in a theatre or in a live concert area. I mean, one of my best friends runs, runs an arena in England and he had to let go of 300 staff. Uh, way back in the day and was the worst day of his life but like the 7,000 to 8,000 seater arena I mean these yeah. people they're the people that need vaccines you know you need, totally. you need, it all depends on your own situation yeah. but there will be easily I'd say 60-70% take up and then consumer confidence Absolutely. same thing in, if you're walking along the street and there's nobody in that restaurant and there's a load of people in that restaurant both the same restaurants but you, you follow the flock it will be the there will be that as well, but it depends on your situation. If you're living on, if you if you're living in a little world where you don't need to get it, that's fine. But if you're travelling or you need to be in Dublin or you need to be in London, you'll get it. Simple mm. as that. Can we go back to Christmas memories when you were a young lad? I'd love to hear what it was mm. like in your house because it obviously is. It, even though a lot of our kind of Christmas memories can be very similar. Um, there also there can be quirks depending on where you lived in the country. From my experience, chatting to people anyway, and how you did things. So, what was what was big in Navin? What was the what was the Christmas tradition? Um, Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, as a kid. We'd always get a we'd always get a a, a normal tree. We would never there was never any false trees. What do you call them? Not, what do you call them? Yeah, Artificial. fake tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born about a mile outside the town, out past the hospital in St. Pat's, the school I went. I was out in the Apoy Road, which was beside Tower Mines, uh, about a mile from the town. And if we go back four or five miles behind me, it's be, and, and you know, Rakarn was only eight miles from my house, Sheila. Yeah. It's only eight or nine miles from where I went to learn Irish, or where my mother had the foresight to send me. Uh, as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old to the Gaeltacht for three weeks. Mm. thought she was mad, but she was, she was a genius because she had Galway. That's another story, but she had always a girl for the Gaeltacht. But, but if we go back oh, between Rakarn and my house, mm. about four miles near Bohemian, there was bogs there and there was always Christmas trees. And we'd hop into a bog and we'd bring the saw and we'd just cut trees. Yeah. We'd cut a tree and we'd, we'd, we'd ramble in the back of the car and whatever way we got the tree in, we'd, we'd get it home and then we'd set it up and it was a monster. And it was always in the sitting room. Uh, we had velvet curtains. We were really cool back in the day in our house. No, yeah, 1970s <laughs> velvet curtains. Uh, the television was bet, was set into the wall with bricks around it. <laughs> it was a bush, a bush television. And <laughs> it was set into bricks. I mean, the whole thing was designed like we... The back of the TV was about 15 foot deep. Yeah. I mean, see, it took about nine people to lift the TV out, but the television never moved. Back in the day, you wouldn't say, what are you doing today? Oh, I think I'm going to Curry's to get a new television. <laughs> the television did us 
<laughs> for decades. Yeah. Uh, so the, 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 that was in the sort of sitting room. How did you set the that tree? Where... Because when we, when like we always did the same in our house. So dad and the lads, you'd usually go out and get the tree and, uh, and he'd set it in concrete. <laughs> <laughs> he'd set the yeah. tree yeah. in concrete. Yeah, just, just, just in case you'd have an accident. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. gone, lads, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cement. yeah. Um, <laughs> One of us would have to hold no. it then, like take it in turns to hold hold the trunk of the tree until it was set. And it's funny now that on the 1st of December every year my boys will set up the tree. They will do all they will do all of that. They they love that tradition. The 1st of December in our house now. We never used to set up the uh, until about the 15th of December back in Navan back in the day. I don't think people welcomed Christmas as quickly as they do now. I mean, yeah. Christmas never really started commercially. It, 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 I, I'm talking about the 70s and 80s that mm-hmm. Navan never really kicked off until December. I mean, nowadays you, it's, it, it, we, it kicks off in October because the world we live in has changed commercially and consumerism and all that. But uh, the tree would go up. We'd always, midnight, oh, Christmas Eve mass was always hilarious, 12 o'clock at night. Christmas Eve Mass in St. Mary's and Navin and I'd always be sitting there with me mates watching drunk people who have had a load of points coming into Mass we would try and see who had had who, who's had the most points and there'd be lads coming up the stairs and they'd be ossified <laughs> and then there'd be always one lad who'd come in and go down the middle of the aisle downstairs and start ah look at this whole place this whole place this place is a farce there's a hole and they Lord and then the ushers would have to come out we'd love chaos like that we would find that so funny that people would go to mass after having 10 points yeah yeah uh, and, and 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 Christmas Eve mass was a big thing that was at 12 o'clock back then Jesus yeah yeah Christ no almighty. we did the same yeah 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 12 o'clock at night and yeah. all the lunatics around. It was brilliant. It was great. <laughs> Stevens' day then was a massive thing. In our house, we'd all pile into the car and head out to the relations on the other side of Nav and the farmers of the family. And then there'd be about 29 people in one room and all the mothers and fathers would be up at the table slugging wine and hot whiskies and playing cards. Mm. And we'd just be running amok all the kids, all the cousins, uh, just running amok and stuffing our faces and having a great time. Yeah. So come here, plans for next year. Do you have any plans or can we make plans at the moment? What is it looking like? Um, well, we're, 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 we hopefully get back on the road. We're always trying to expand our adventures and, 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 and say, where can we go and what can we do? And uh, I'm just, you know, the African show, even though it was a mini series and went out way back in October, um, people really enjoyed it. And it was escapism during the second lockdown where I was in the middle of Ethiopia and I think it took people away. It was it went down really well. I'm just proud that the shows, I feel that the shows have been received really well and that people have grown up with the show on TG Cahar. And TG Cahar has been an, an integral part of my of my career uh, yeah, yeah. For, for 20 years. And, they, you know, TG, I said it before, TG Cahar is the parish. TG Cahar is the only station in this country that understands what the essence of the parish is and they get it. And they get it culturally and it's not about language, it's about the parish. It's, yeah. it's the people who reside in the parishes of the country and TG Cahar is that channel. And I'm so proud that it, the way it's evolved uh, over the years to become a, such a mainstream channel with quality documentary and quality this. Hossam Woods Hart said, well, I mean, I started in 98 and then I think you, 
Am I right in thinking? Because I have a memory of you doing Young People's on TV3 in 99. I did I did the two years on TV3. Yeah. Presenter. I spent 22 weeks living in the Red Cow Hotel in Moran's Hotel. 22 Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays filming for 12 hours through the night time when the studio was empty. Uh, we did we did Gimme 3 on TV3. I mean, I'll never forget the opening title sequence for TV3. Cloda, and we were there was a marching band going through Lucan and this was a brand new channel in Ireland I had just done one or two series of TG Carr and then we did that and then came back and yeah it, I suppose when you look back and you go wow that's mad thinking back to those days but we lived in the Red Cow Moran's Hotel for 20 mm. weekends of that year Friday night, Saturday night. I knew the menu inside out by that stage, but TV3 is still there, Ballymount, going from strength to strength. And um, yeah, it's just yeah, mad yeah. when you think back to those. That's a long time, Sheila. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's mad, yeah. I know. But TG Carr, I can't, I can't praise them enough. And I, I'm very lucky that we, we still make shows for them. And yeah. we, have, we have broken, I think, the, the, the rules where yes, I speak English on the show, but yes, I speak Irish on the show, but yes, I'll speak Spanish on the show or whatever other language I... Uh, I think it's brought us on a journey, an amazing journey, an adventure. Like, to be filming with Evan and Roscoe, Evan Chamberlain and Ross O'Callaghan for 20 years, to be travelling the world with these two guys, I mean, it's just it's just unheard of that you we're doing one show still 20 years later, and I think we're getting better at making these, these documentaries, these travel shows, and bringing escapism into the front sitting rooms of people in Longford and and uh, Termafekin and Kilkenny and Cork and where's Hector this week? I mean, so many Irish people have a real travel bug in it. There's yeah. something in us that really enjoy watching a show from around the world because there's Irish people scattered everywhere. And uh, yes, through the immigration and yes, through famine times. And we've we lost an awful lot of people. But, but there's been a, something in our DNA that we have left these shores not only to go to America and Australia and Canada, but there are people who fecked off to Finland and fecked off to Barbados and gone to Patagonia and set up life in Chile and set up life in Hong Kong. Irish people are in most places around the world because that's inside us. And I think that's why as well people really in this country enjoy sitting down on the, on the couch and watching our adventures now wherever we are. And I want the adventures to get more epic and uh, I want them to get bigger and more. I want the wow factor. I mean, Siberia minus 35 a couple of years ago, traveling through Siberia. Mm. It's just the wow factor. Traveling across the Russian borders, Siberia into Mongolia, into a country that's 4 million people, but it's 10 times the size of France. Like, w there's, there's places in this earth and this brilliant planet we have that I think we're all going to appreciate a lot more. And I'm lucky that I can, can, bring, uh, can bring these stories and people's and tribes and places, far-flung places into your house and you're only a couple of yards away to, from your TV. Yeah. Would the lads have any interest in following you into the world of telly? I don't know what they want to do. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know. Would I you encourage really them? have a clue. I don't know. How can you encourage somebody to go into television? Because when I say, if I said that back in St. Pat's yeah. to Tommy or one of the boys in the class, they go, shut your mouth, you fool. <laughs> You're an awful fool. Do you hear? Yes. <laughs> Will you shut up, you? Yes. You could get into television. Television? Oh, they'd have a good sneer at that. I mean, this is probably the same thing for Tommy. If you said, I'm going to be a comedian. You're a fucking comedian, all right, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> I like, it's like, you don't, I, I like the way that I've meandered like a little bit of a river. And that, and that, and people shouldn't be afraid that, 
you know, if you go down one path, some of the best people I know in television uh, uh, and radio have uh, never never went to college to study any of that crack. Totally. And uh, some of the most skilled cameramen and sound operators and producers and directors and editors, they didn't go to it. They just had a passion for it. I, I used that word passion way back in the beginning of this chat. If you have a passion for something, whether it's growing organic lettuce and organic vegetables or whether you're a passion for a pool player or you're a passionate swimmer or you're a passionate runner or you're a passionate whatever, podcaster or you're a passionate somebody who's mad at the sound, I let them find their own thing. Mm. They, at 15 and 16, I hadn't a clue what I wanted to do. And I don't think they sh- they should or could at this stage yet. Yeah, All yeah. they care about is getting the FIFA points. <laughs> if they have enough points, if, they're, if, they're, if their team is performing well on FIFA, on the Xbox, my boys are happy. <laughs> Brilliant. And I think a lot of, a lot of parents will, will say during this year of 2020, Thanks be to Jesus <laughs> for the Xbox and the PlayStation because it was a godsend. It's, it should be broken sometimes. It should be taken out the back and sledgehammered. But there are nights when you're watching Netflix and you're on the last episode of The Queen's Gambit and you just want to finish it hmm. and they're in playing Xbox and you've got your few minutes to yourself. Blissful. Um, oh, blissful. Yeah. I mean, I know you're a man who, who really likes to live every moment and, and, and just listening to you, I get, you almost transport people to the place you've been when you talk about where, because you're, you're such a gifted storyteller. And when you're talking about the places you've been, the experiences you've had with people, um, you do feel like you're experiencing it with you. But um, so you're a glass half full kind of person. You certainly strike me to be that kind of way. But do you have any regrets or do you have anything like looking back on the stuff you've done? Do you ever think like, ah, I wish I'd I did that or maybe did that differently. Would, that, would anything come to mind? Or are you very accepting of all of the experience you've had? Um, I don't think uh, I, for the happiness I've got, first of all, happiness to me, some people are blind to happiness and are blind to giddiness and blind to the beauty that's around them every day. And that's a problem we have in this country where people, unfortunately, are shrouded by, they cannot see the beauty uh, of the simple things. Mm. Um, and I try and find, I try, I mean, I stood out the back there the other day in the rain and, and uh, I, I got a coffee and uh, I was in I was a little log shed there and I just stood there and I was just, I put on a few tunes and I was waiting for it to clear up and rang a mate and we had a good laugh. And even though it was a shitty day, it was raining, I mean, I was outside and I could feel it. I could feel it. I could, I could feel the air and I could, I was, I was dry, but I was warm. I didn't, I didn't just open the curtains or open the window and say, oh, look at it. I'll just, I'll just watch Netflix or I'll just lie on the couch again. I think the problem in this country is that some people can't see the happiness that's, that's around them. We have to find it and fight hard to see the beauty and the simplicity of, and being thankful for what we have. And unfortunately, a lot of people can't. And that's why, this place we live in and this 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 island has a lot of problems with depression and and, mm. and suicide has touched every house in this country at this stage, I'd say at this stage, uh, or every family and extended family. And we have to work hard at, at, at trying to make sure that young people, and because suicide takes knows no boundaries as in what age, doesn't care if you're rich or poor, fat or thin, you live in the West, you live in the East, you live in the North, doesn't care what colour skin you have. So we need to be a lot more aware. We need to, I don't know how, we, we need to make sure that people, try and make sure that you 
every person tries to get some happy moment and see something good every day. Because mm-hmm. when you start seeing the negativity and the problem is as well, the mobile is not a good tool. Mobiles weren't invented for us to find out about the Kardashians and find out about the pandemic numbers and find out about this. And the mobile was invented for us to be a stay in touch. I say that to my boys. I said, that's a mobile. So when you're finished tonight after the disco, the teenage disco, you ring me and you text me you're ready for me to collect you. That's why it's called a mobile phone. It's not for us to find. It's it's not, the mobiles are not giving us what it should give us. And the internet wasn't made for children. The internet wasn't made for a 15-year-old's mind. The internet was made for adults. Mm-hmm. The problem is the majority of people using it now are, 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 are underage and the internet wasn't built for this. So the internet needs to get a kick up the hole and it's easy for the people in Silicon Valley and all these big multi-trillionaires to go, oh, you know, we should be dissing ourselves and we need to, we need, you know, we're using social media too much. The social media people who have made trillions of dollars don't give two shites about any of this. Mm. And now they're saying that it's, it's saturation point and what is, we're at a junction with mobile phones where it's, it's become such a, a tool that our minds cannot function properly without a Wi-Fi code and without a charger and without your phone being in your hand all the time. So I'm, I'm, that really pisses me off regarding teenagers and the way that that that, that has become such a... And for adults as well, yeah. driving cars on their mobiles. We are at a junction where we need to get better stuff out of their mobiles, better stuff out of mobiles for adults and teenagers alike. We need people to go outside and get fresh air into themselves and see and, and, and get that bit of happiness. We need, we need that mobile to be forgotten about. We need more safety mechanisms on mobiles for everybody. We need, I know, it's just mad. The technology yeah. is, is, you know, it's just. So what I'm saying is that I try and keep, there's a little man in my head that I try and keep him happy all the time. And, and everybody has little voices and men, women in their head, whoever they are. I mean, I'm happiest when I can see happiness around me, whether it's a nice dinner or the fire's on, or Man United are winning 3-1 at the Champions League, mm-hmm. or I'm sitting there, standing outside the back in the lashing rain talking to me mate. I, 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 you have to see happiness uh, and let it come into you then. Because if you block it off, then you take the wrong turning and then that you go down a dark lane. You have to go back out the dark lane and go down a lane where the sunlight is coming in over the hedges. Love it. Love it. So was that a bit? Was that a bit? Was that a bit fucking deep there, Sheila? I love it. Hey, I'm all about the deep. I, I love going deep. Deeper the better. Yeah, but like, people have to just be thankful. I've seen. Yeah. I. Th- this is something I want to say that I, I've been to nearly a hundred countries. I've seen people in the poorest places in the world where we consider poor because we have this first world versus third world, and I don't like those. I don't like that because. I don't like people saying, oh, that's a third world country. No, we're, we're one world. We're one world, one country, right? So mm-hmm. I've seen people that are surviving on $2 a day in Bangladesh, working slave and doing stuff. I've seen people in Africa, you know, eh, tribes that, you know, I've seen people surviving on nothing mm-hmm. in the hardest conditions, but yet they're so rich with their handshake and their smile and their, and their conversation. I mean, if, every, if I've learned anything in 20 years of traveling around the world is humility. If you're humble and you appreciate simple things, it keeps you grounded. And karma is a massive thing in my household. And all around me, I surround myself with the right people and the right people I work with 
and the people who make me happiest. And, and, and if you can do that in your own little bubble and calm and be nice, whether it's nice to your Jack Russell out the back mm-hmm. or it's nice to the person in the coffee shop or it's nice to the person in the queue at a petrol station or it's nice to the person at the junction at the top of the road when you wave and say, no, you go first, I let you out. Or if somebody wants a trolley, take, oh, do you, are you looking for a trolley? Yeah, take that one instead. Or that thing that happened in coffee shops a couple of years ago where knock on effect or somebody paid for your coffee. Who paid for it? Oh, the last person that was in here. What a beautiful thing to happen. We need more of that happening all the time. Karma needs to be brought back into our society in this country. And we should never underestimate the power of hello, a, a, a handshake, a smile and a conversation. Nowadays, if you do that, people think you're you're off your head. What are you talking to me for? Why do you want to talk to me? What are you talking like? Because we're buried in our mobile phones, not only when we're driving the car, but when we're walking on the street and when we're walking everywhere. We're not we're not relating to the greatest Wi-Fi in the world that's around us, which is Mother Nature. And I firmly believe that if we plug into uh, what's around us, we'll be far better. Maybe when I'm in these countries, Wi-Fi and cappuccinos and mm. Everything is not important to these people because they're tuned in to what's important in other parts of the world where maybe we're tuning into the wrong stuff. I mean, we're no, we know more about fucking say yes to the dress and 90 day fiance mm. and fucking shit like that. Not shit, but that that's that, that you know, that, that sort of a world. Totally it's all, it's, yeah. it's yeah. all it's all it's all driven. It used to be Coronation Street and EastEnders. Now it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, it's just if you're not watching on the screens, you're watching on the telly and you're just watching. Rawmish. There's a great word in Connemara mm. called rawmish, rawmish which yeah. is you're just. It's we've been with the mobiles and screens are feeding us an awful lot of shite. Some people might say that Hector, you feed us an awful lot of shite, and your shows are shite. But you know what? I do my thing. If some people like what I do, great. If people don't like it, they don't have to watch it. If you want to sit down and watch 19 hours of say yes to the dress, that's up to you. But there's far more important things in the world out there. I'm not saying say yes to the dress. Is, is the greatest, is the worst TV show of all time. But we're living in a world where we're not plugging into the right things. Mm. I'm just here listening now to you. You're a, big, you're, you're, you're a big fan of Say Yes to the Dress. I know you. <laughs> I have been known to watch an episode, but uh, but I wouldn't yeah, say I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big fan. No, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. I have no, spoken I, to somebody I, I, on the I, podcast I, before and that's their guilty pleasure though. So <laughs> so I feel like we should go easy on, on slagging off Say Yes to the Dress. No, but I'm listening to you here, Hector, and I have a big smile on my face because I, I just love everything you're about and what you're saying and the message here because this is the stuff that matters. This is what we need to be reminded of. And I think, so, again... So many yeah. parents, yeah, Sheila, so many parents will go to the... Go, so many parents will, you know, they'll drop their kids off at football or soccer or, and they'll sit in the car and they'll stay on their mobile. Yeah, yeah. Show the child a little bit of interest. Show yeah. that you're actually interested in what the child has done for the last hour. You yeah. don't have to stand there for the whole 60 minutes and you're the only parent there. But get out of your car and have a walk and then spend 10 minutes seeing if your son's or your daughter's technique has improved. Mm. So at least you'll have a different conversation than sitting on, uh, sitting in the car checking out shite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back, back to the question I asked you. Any regrets in life? Mm. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Why, when I think about regrets, I, 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 I think about my parents, maybe. That's, that's, I think about my dad died when I was living abroad. And um, I, don't, I don't know if I, uh, I had a, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe when my dad was, a, was, was alive, 
that I could have been more empathetic to his situations and I was too young to understand what was going on with my dad where where he 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 obviously alcohol had taken over and he was in his own world so I didn't have a clue what was going on so I estranged myself from my father back then and at an early age so do I regret that now when I look at my boys I I I, I want to um I want to be there as much as I can for them and explain stuff to them maybe that I didn't get any explanations off anybody nobody explained anything to me apart from my mom let's put it like that yeah. do I regret has it made me uh, my mom my mom reared us my mom reared three teenage boys and uh, she reared us my mom reared us so uh, there's an awful lot of households where one 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 member of the family rears rears us so do mm. I miss did I, do I regret things that happened like that yeah, uh, just that's maybe why I try to be a bit, as good a father as I can, uh, because it's an important part in any household. I have so much admiration for for any one parent families, and especially a mother rearing a couple of children uh, on her own, or even a dad. Uh, man, it's just such a such a difficult time to try and hold down a job, or mm. if there's no job or anything like that. So, do I have regrets? If my dad was back on this planet again, I would have great conversations with him. I'm sure he'd be very proud. My mother was very proud. I bought my first Mercedes car. Now, this will sound, this will sound highfalutin, but I, I, I love cars. I bought a Fiat Punto as my first ever car. I thought it was the coolest. We bought a Fiat Punto, me and Tipna. We didn't even know how to drive it out of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went up a laneway outside of the garage, and we, we, I couldn't reverse, but we were so happy to be in our Fiat Punto. Then I bought an Opel Astra. Then I bought a Lexus IS200. Then I bought my first Mercedes. I'm car mad. I've always been car mad. Cars are something I love. Mm. I'll never forget my mum's uh, reaction mm. when I drove a Mercedes car into my house in Navin, where my mum's house. She started crying when she came out the door. She said, I never thought we'd have a Mercedes in our family. Oh, wow. And I'll never forget that moment. We were hugging each other. There were tears in both our eyes. And what a statement from a West of Ireland woman living in Navin. I never thought we'd have a Mercedes in our family. And I just went, I had a photo with me and my mum, and it was like Mercedes back then was for, I don't know, who had Mercedes back in the day in the 70s? Back in the 80s in Navin, who had Mercedes? Big furniture manufacturers, big lads running Navin carpets or mm, big lads working such a car status symbol, big, yeah. big lads, big mm, lads, big mm. lads. Mercedes. Who, who's that driving a Mercedes? A Mercedes. We'd stop and look at it going by us. And then when I drove my Mercedes into the house on a Saturday morning, my mum came out and she went, I never thought we'd have Mercedes in this family. Those are the moments I'll never forget. Maybe my dad would have loved to have seen that Mercedes too. So I might leave it at that, that. Yeah, I'm sure he's proud that he, my, his son was able to buy a Mercedes. Mm. Oh, Hector, fair play to you. This has um, been a really, really gorgeous chat. And uh, as always, as always, you didn't disappoint because you, you're you're the real deal. And uh, thanks for for even taking a moment. Because sometimes, you know, you'd ask these questions to people and they'll just rattle off an answer and they won't pause for to actually, you know, allow themselves to really get into it and feel the question and and answer with, you know, with 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 that integrity. And and I know it obviously yeah. stirred up a lot in you. So um, I'm extremely grateful. Yeah. And um, yeah. and uh, I think your words, as always, come from a place of real uh, sincerity with you. And I just, you know, Nolly Connor, I hope you all have a gorgeous one. And here's to, um, you know, here's to... Uh, 
a more evolved, safer, happier, healthier 2021 with the vaccine that we can all get back to our lives, but get back in a way that we were that we're much better, that hopefully we'll, that we'll have learned a lot of lessons this year that we won't just leave behind us. And uh, certainly keep keep um, keep doing what you're doing with the podcast. I really, really into Oh, Sheila, listen, um, I think we started talking about it's nice to share laughter. Yeah, we need to share. We need to share laughter with our families, with our cousins, with our friends, with our neighbours. We need to be nice and humility and be humble. And I think we are that. I think we're, it's going to make us stronger. The Irish people it'll, this this year with the with the shite we've gone through. Mm. There can never be a year as bad. I think we're stronger uh, and we will come out of this shining. And I think there's a nicer vibe. There is a nicer vibe out there on the on the streets and on and in the shops and in the coffee shops and in the in the aisles of supermarkets because we we value now the simplicity. I mean, the next time we'll sit in a pub with a fire on and having a few pints of Guinness, we will value that so much. I mean, we we all maybe maybe it was all there. I mean. It was all there in front of us and we just and then it was what taken away from us. So fingers crossed that up and down the country, businesses and small businesses get back in their feet and there's gonna be some 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 a lot of bad times with unemployment and, and companies have already started cutting people and multinationals, but we will get back because we're Irish and it's in our DNA. So I just hope that 2021 will be a lot better and if we can laugh and be giddy, that moment of giddiness, that's all I'm into and and we need to find those moments and I think we will. Yeah. Quinyart, Twintach. Lucas, thanks a million. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, there it is, my final conversation of 2020 and I hope you enjoyed it. A massive thanks to each and every one of you who listened, who followed, who left a comment on Apple and sent me messages this year. I've been really touched by the feedback and I hope you'll continue to tune in and support Ready To Be Real next year. We all know 2020 has been an extremely challenging year for many of us. And although it looks as if there will still be tough days ahead, let's take it step by step and day by day and do whatever we can to mind ourselves because it really does matter. And if you're struggling, please reach out for help. There's always someone who listen, believe me there is. I'll be back with another episode early in January. So until then, go easy and stay safe. This episode of Ready to Be Real Conversations was brought to you in partnership with Dr. Coys, who offer tasty nutritional chocolate and a range of free from cooking ingredients. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.